0: You're listening to The Savings Tip Jar with Dom Beattie and Harrison Asprey, powered by savings.com.au. Your home of consumer finance news, guides and product comparisons.
1: Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of day you're listening, you are listening to the Savings Tip Jar podcast with myself, Dom Beattie, and as always, the wonderful Harrison Asprey, who is with me right now.
0: Good afternoon, Has. The weird and wonderful Dom. We're recording right now in the afternoon, but wherever you are, uh, crack open a beer, it's five o'clock somewhere, and (laughs) let's get going. Or maybe a coffee, maybe you need to pick me up on Mm. this uh, rainy day uh, where we are anyway. Um, so, yeah, it's great to be here once again. And um, I thought I should give a um, shout out to our upcoming guest who is the managing managing director of Turo Australia, uh, Tim Rosanis. He, uh, Turo is a car sharing website mm. uh, where you can host your car or rent a car if you just need it for a couple of days. And uh, yeah, we've asked him a few questions on what exactly it is and how much money you could stand to make, Dom. Mm-hmm. So it's a good chat. Yeah, good. Um, and that's coming up it's a bit later after the news. So yeah. Uh, Yeah, let's talk about some news. So it seems like in the week after the RBA uh, announcement, it's always a bit of a lull, you know, Um, and this was another hold. So, uh, yeah, not exactly any huge wave breaking, you know, mortgage rates increasing or Mm -hmm. savings accounts with a, you know, 6% interest rate just yet. Um, That'll do. Yeah, but one of the more uh, notable, noteworthy pieces of news to happen in the past few days is that um, the ACCC, the competition regulator in Australia, uh, has said no, computer says no, um, to (laughs) ANZ acquiring Suncorp Bank. So if you missed this one, yeah, that's right. Um, Suncorp Bank uh, was kind of coming to the table, coming to the market um, with the whole Suncorp group wanting to offload the banking arm. uh, And they wanted uh, ANZ to be the purchaser, essentially, um, and the deal would have been worth uh, around $4.9 billion. Um, but the ACCC, uh, you know, rightfully or wrongfully, uh, depending on your opinion, uh, has said no, saying it would lessen competition substantially in Australia and, and the banking sector. So um, yeah, what do you make of that, Dom? Yeah, well, we've heard
1: um, of the ACCC blocking these kind of mergers in the past. Um, like, well, in a different industry, I remember the TPG and Vodafone merger. Mm. H P C you know, computer said no to that. Uh, and then they took it up with the federal court and uh, able to turn around the decision. Wow. And allowed yeah. them to um, to merge. Uh, but I think they're still retaining their separate branding. But, yeah, um, so these, you know, it, it's it, that the same could happen. I think I've read somewhere ANZ or Suncorp or both are um, contesting. That or looking to contest it, so we could still see it go through. Sometimes ACCC can be a bit overzealous with blocking these these kinds of kinds of things. Whether it's good for the the average punter and competition in the sector, uh, you know, I haven't looked it over too much. I mean, we already know the big four banks and ANZ is one of them uh, dominate really dominate the market at the moment. Uh, you know, it's always between 70 to 80 percent of market share when it comes mm-hmm. to home loans. Um, uh, but ANZ is, is one of the, uh, is probably the, well, definitely is the smallest of the big four. Mm. And they're actually by quite a long margin. So, um, you know, by acquiring Suncorp Bank, that would maybe make them a bit more competitive with the likes of uh, Combank, NAB and uh, Westpac. Mm. So perhaps if that had happened, maybe they'd be able to offer more better value for money products. Um, Then at the same time a Suncorp, you know, maybe already offering some good value for money products. I don't know, I don't hear a lot about Suncorp's products being talked up too much in the market when it comes to savings accounts or home loans, car loans. Um, So perhaps, yeah, it's just so hard to know whether this could have been a good thing or not. Usually more competition um, is better for the market, but then sometimes um, when you need someone quite powerful who needs that, economies of scale they're able to offer really cheap prices um mm. who knows but uh, we'll see how this one plays out it's certainly very interesting um Looking at some other news, uh, we're seeing that uh, Aussies are refinancing their home loans in droves, mm. uh, with refinancing up 14% in uh, this financial year. So this has hit a new peak on the back of these rising rates and the um, so-called mortgage cliff. Mm. Uh, and this is according to new research from PEXA uh, the, in their latest Mortgage Insights report, which showed that home loan refinancing has jumped three, 13.8% year on year, Um, in the, yes, financial year 2023, uh, while the number of new mortgages being signed up uh, have slumped Hmm. 20.6%. So we've got fewer people taking out home loans for the first time, but more people with existing mortgages refinancing those, which isn't a huge surprise because, you know, there was so much talk. I mean, the RBA Phil Lowe um, came out recently saying that expected um, by the end of 2023, there'll be, 880,000, um, mortgages with fixed rates expiring. Wowee. Um, and, uh, that's, that's, that's probably driving a lot of this, uh, refinancing, uh, PEXA revealed that's more than 450,000 homeowners refinanced their their mortgage last financial year. So that's more than half that 880,000, um, that's, uh, that's good old Phil talked about. Uh, but Going back to our earlier point about the ACCC blocking that uh, merger, uh, the majority of these people refinancing have signed up with a major bank as in one of the big <laughs> four. So it's the usual story: the big four uh, just getting more and more powerful. Um, they even looked out down the um, data quite at a, quite a granular level, uh, finding that. Um, You know, the majors held the largest portion of the refinancing market in Western Australia. Hmm. So those uh, WA people quite happy with the big four at (laughs) uh, 68.7%. But uh, good old Queensland is where uh, the big four weren't so dominant. They were still taking up the majority. The bastion uh, (laughs) of
0: capitalism and free markets.
1: (laughs) The big four banks um, were only made up 60.2% of refinanced home loans, I say only with uh, um, apostrophe marks around that word because that is still more than half. But uh, yeah, guys, don't forget—you know—that there are other banks out there besides the big four. Um, yeah, you know, there's the customer-owned bank sector. There's smaller retail banks. There's uh, good old non-banks that mm. uh, you can, you know, that still offer of home loans and some pretty good good deals. But I guess you know all that wave of cashback offers has perhaps has something to do with that because we're seeing a lot of that coming from the big four.
0: Yeah, well, we saw in the RBA SOMP, the um, Statement of Monetary Policy, um, and don't shut off your headphones just yet, guys, um, but the the RBA has said itself that um, it expects, um, or it had unexpectedly seen a lowering of mortgage rates just because of all these cashback offers and mm. people refinancing in, in, in droves. Mm. Um, and they expect that this will uh, normalize um, as interest rates bite. and you know a lot of these lenders now are withdrawing their cash back offers um, preferring because they a lot of them were actually losing money on that deal right and you know we've seen in the news like those serial cashback you know churners they'll, go to one lender get their 4k cash back for six Mm. months or whatever and then just churn to another lender again and keep doing it which it's a a pretty good pretty good money play but um, the lenders have wisened up to this and um, they can't afford to be Mm. offering these deals anymore but yeah uh, there's a lot of people you know probably seeing their rate go up maybe double or even triple what it was like two or three years ago um and yeah refinancing and a lot of people would have been in a in a mortgage prison which is where you can't refinance um but a lot of banks now have lowered their Soften. serviceability buffers uh mm-hmm. I think to 1% in some cases which um frees up a lot of that ability to to churn so yeah but yeah there's a lot more out there than the major banks and um yeah there's a there's a lot of banks out there um and I think Queensland that yeah I don't want to speculate too much on this 60.2% but there's a lot of quite large Queensland-based banks that a lot of people would have built a rapport with over the years, you know, you got Bank of Queensland, mm. you got Suncorp, Suncorp yeah. um, even, you know, Queensland Country Bank, the, um, mm-hmm. you know. Like, Heritage Bank like, there. Yeah, in Heritage in Bank, there's right? Toowoomba, yeah, Toowoomba-based. Um, so a there's really a lot of those sort of um, well-beloved mm. banks, uh, regional banks in Queensland that m- arguably maybe don't have the profile they do in other states. Mm. So um, that could be the reason why, but yeah, yeah some some good news there. Um, people are hunting out better deals. And <laughs> in a bit of a different turn, um, the uh, there's a new ComBank AI tool uh, that will um, refer abusive transaction descriptions to police. So the major banks are really cracking down on financial abuse in their um, banking apps. So um, this is part of the uh, wider um, initiative that ComBank's really um, sort of ramped up this year. Um, and it will uh, flag potentially abuse customers um, and ask if they would like CBA to file a police report. So, um, but as one of our um, team members, Dom, who shall remain nameless, um, you know, it's potentially catching out people who are making like joke transactions to mm. their mates saying, oh, <laughs> yeah, you know, drug money idiot or something, you know. And mm. so with AI, you know, it removes that human element. Um, and while, while good, because financial abuse is just terrible. Um, but yeah, there's always going to be a few of those people that are making those joke transactions and, um, yeah, AI is not, not perfect just yet.
1: Yeah. I've definitely received a few, um, you know, people like mates sending me money for, for things they owe, uh, where it might say something like human trafficking <laughs> or <laughs> other things that's probably not safe for me to, to share on this, uh, G rated podcast, but, mm. uh, yeah, you know, it's it's always, you know, just a bit of fun between mates sometimes, but uh, I mean, understandably, there are some um, pretty serious um, things going on where, where people are experiencing abuse, where, you know, they'll they receive, you know, like a one cent um, transfer from from someone they know, where in the description, it's actually like threatening, abusive messages, because you, you have people who um, just want to block people out of their life, because say they're in a situation where they're getting abused mm. and they block off their, their phone number or all, all methods of contact and perhaps the only way the abuser can get in touch with them is by transferring them money and, and writing things in the description mm. and that's what um, we're hearing is, is happening quite a lot so uh, we've seen a few banks um, you know, getting onto this sort of thing so Combank just one of the latest ones uh, now using AI that uh, will automatically refer some of these to the police so um, yeah I, I think all up that's that's got to be a, a good thing right and um uh, you know maybe some people think they're they're sending yeah, a funny messages is, is a bit of a joke um but the other person might not always see it that way and, and might actually take offense to it so mm. yeah just got to be careful that sort of thing um anyway in uh, some other news uh, i'm afraid this um oh, it's probably a bit softer but it's still not the most pleasant news uh, household spending is um is uh, not picking up too much uh it it did rise 1.8 percent in the 12 months to june but it's actually the softest growth rate since february 2021 so really showing um how tough that the times are where households really um yeah aren't forking out too much because they're because of the tough economic times they're experiencing um they found that discretionary spending dropped for the third straight month which suggested the uh, higher interest rates are definitely having their intended effect. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, services spending, so rent and travel is uh, is also, um, well, is, is this one's proving harder to budge, so it's still quite high. I guess things like rent, you know, you, it's kind of a, it's a necessary expense, so you can't really yeah. cut back on that too much. But if people are cutting back on discretionary spending, um, then yeah, that that's probably the indicator that the uh, rate rises are having an impact.
0: Yeah, and um, services inflation is kind of, having a a bigger impact on the overall inflation figure um, which is probably keeping the household spending indicator up a bit Um, and we'll see that over the next few months because like um, goods inflation is coming down which is which Mm. is a good thing Um, but yeah services includes you know things like rent Uh, I'm not sure if energy prices are part of that you would think they would be Mm. Uh, and then things like travel as well so um, they're proving quite sticky and hard to come down and um, you know that's sort of out of the uh rba's responsibility of Mm -hmm. um using its one tool that's for that's a you know a discussion for governments to maybe pull their finger out and actually try and do something about you know um extraordinary gas markets and um things like that um and not necessarily intervene in the market but just have a look at ways that you can ease the burden on households um so yeah, it's uh it's probably no surprise that you know household spending is coming down and um, yeah discretionary spending it's yeah that's just the effect of cash rate rises right you know inflation is running too hot' mm-hmm. that I think 30 year highs apart from when GST was introduced uh, in the year 2000 um, and yeah it's just a, a simple case of uh, the RBA doing its job oh um, but you know <laughs> I
1: remember all those people kept saying oh that the Norman B is, is full of punters the other night yeah. uh obviously the rba rate rises aren't making any difference so we need to keep hiking 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 because you know that that pub or that restaurant was i couldn't get a table anywhere
0: yeah well <laughs> you know at the normanby uh it's you know there's no wonder because you might see a broncos player that's that's pretty cool but maybe those people look they've gone from a uh 20 dollar you know mojito or something and they're buying a eight dollar schooner of mm. you know forex gold that's you know there's still the same number of people in there, but they're making maybe wiser financial decisions when Mm. they dine out and uh, get on the beers, so. Well,
1: it just shows that, you know, you shouldn't pay too much attention to the the anecdotes evidence, because, yeah, just because a couple of restaurants or bars are full of people.
0: That's what uh, Peter Tulip said last week, right? He he said, you know, um, business types love anecdotes, whereas, um, you know, researchers and research analysts love the data, so, Mm. um, and that's very true in a case like this.
1: And you've got, you know, don't forget, you've got, it's a two, three, four, five speed economy where you've got so many different, you've got some classes that are just immune to rate rises and, you know, they've paid off their home, they've got no debts, uh, they're earning more interest on their spare cash, they're going to keep spending. So there's always going to be, you know, some classes of people that still go out and fill the restaurants. And I want to see
0: some research on those younger people that have maybe just given up their home home ownership oh, yeah, dreams they're, they're and they're, they're spending quitting. their deposit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, if you you on, might remember if you're an avid Beers. listener, uh, yeah. we talked
1: about that with Serena Bird's,
0: quite yeah. quitting
1: the housing market trend.
0: So yeah, then he's, you know, There needs to be an expert on this. Um, And then obviously at the other end of the spectrum too, boomers that have paid off their Mm. home loan, or not necessarily boomers, not trying Mm. to start a class warfare, but Mm. anyone that's paid off their mortgages is probably doing pretty well
1: yeah yeah and i forgot to say as well uh, when we talked about refinancing earlier don't forget you can uh, if you're on the market to refinance uh, on savings come to you we do have a good list of um, some some of the top deals on the market for home loans mm. uh, so go on there have a look see if there's uh, any rates that are currently better than your own um, certainly if you're thinking about switching and getting a better deal on your mortgage uh, savings to you can potentially help you there Got to get that plug in there somehow has. Yeah,
0: that's, well, you know, we're unmonetized, so we've got, <laughs> this podcast isn't monetized, so we've got to sneak in something wherever yes. we can, so. Yes. Yeah, uh, but that's the news. Uh, and without further ado, we'll um, get into our chat with Tim Rosanis.
1: Now, have you ever thought about how much your car is costing you to own? Uh, You know, when you take into account the cost of fuel, registration, maintenance, insurance, interest, if you bought the car with finance, you probably realise that owning a car can really set you back, even without considering the price of the car itself. Perhaps that's why some people are turning to car sharing for their driving needs, with services such as Turo allowing everyday people to rent out their cars to other motorists, which can help them earn a bit of extra money on the side. Joining us to tell us more is Tim Rosanis, uh, Managing Director of Turo Australia. Tim, welcome to The Savings Tip Jar. Great to be here, boys. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us, Tim. So let's have a question and more of a bit of a talking point. Um, just give us a bit of a background on Turo Australia. Um, I know it's been in the US and I've noticed it on sort of um, car YouTube channels and things like that for a few years now in the US, but it's only recently come to Australia. Um, and yeah, just to explain a bit of the, the Turo background story and, um, more and what is car sharing more broadly?
2: Yeah, with pleasure. Uh, so Turo launched in Australia in November last year. So here, uh, in Osweir I'd say a startup, but globally it has been around for quite a while. So it was actually founded in 2009, uh, by Shelby Clark. He was on his way home from, uh, classes at, at college or university. And, uh, it was a snowy day and he was walking past all these cars parked on the street and, uh, he, he wanted a way to be able to use one of them uh, because he was nowhere near a traditional car rental depot. And he uh, had the idea to pioneer uh, what's now called peer-to-peer car sharing. And so Truro is now the world's largest peer-to-peer car sharing form. Uh, we've got, hundreds of thousands of hosts who are offering their vehicles over 1,400 makes and models uh, in five countries globally uh, to to guests from all over the world who are traveling to the U.S., the U.K., Canada, France, or Australia. Uh, And uh, it's really quite an amazing platform because we we, uh, are quite focused on acquiring unique selection. And so what we mean by that is uh, types of cars that you might not otherwise have access to through traditional means. You can all you can always get a Toyota Corolla or uh, you know an MG3. Um, those aren't hard to find in uh, traditional car rental companies, but where are you going to get a Lotus Evora or a lime green Audi RS3 uh, that you can rent while you're on holiday? And uh, the only real option that, that I know of, at least, is Toro. And so it's it's quite unique. We launched in Australia uh, late last year, and it's been going gangbusters. We are now the uh, the, the the fastest growing uh, car sharing or car rental app in Australia. We've, had, we've got the most downloads since we since we launched with sixty three thousand downloads, and uh, it's you know two, two times more uh, downloads than our nearest competitor, or six times more downloads than the traditional car rental. And so Aussies love the concept and and want to be able to access unique selection. Uh, and the best thing about it is it's it's regular everyday Australians sort of putting their cars on the platform uh, and turning um, what would otherwise be an underutilized asset into a business. And so, you know, it's a, it's a good way of contributing, we think, to the local economy as well.
1: I was wondering if you could just expand on perhaps, you know, why the popularity of car sharing is is really picking up. Uh, do, would it have anything to do with, you know, the so-called cost of living crisis that we're having at the moment?
2: I, I think so. Yeah, uh, cost of living uh, is is certainly a challenge uh, across across the country, and interest rates, uh, despite being held very recently, are still um, adding financial pressure to to homeowners or people with with car loans. And so, uh, we believe that the uh, increased prevalence of car sharing and the growth of of Turo, uh, we're quite quite glad that we launched last year um, as as a you know the the, the economy and, and the way that things are going is certainly a tailwind for us in, in establishing a new business. We, we do believe that that's uh, one of the reasons that car sharing has become more popular. When you think about it, you know, your car is sitting in, most of the time either in its driveway or a car park at work and cars are you know, traditionally idle 95% of the time. It's a depreciating asset, even if you're not driving it. And so, uh, why not try and monetize it somehow? And car sharing is a really good way of doing that. Whether you have a spare family car, which you know, fifty-one, well, I think fifty-five percent actually of Australians have a second uh, vehicle per, in their household, um, so it's it's um, a, a, an asset class that people have access to already. And so, when it comes to thinking about starting a side hustle or actually starting a business, the barriers to entry for car sharing is significantly lower because most Australians already have there are 20 million cars registered in Australia. And I think 91% of Australians have at least um, one or households have at least one car. So it's um, it, it is in terms of scaling a business, a really uh, accessible way of um, generating earnings uh, on something that would otherwise be decreasing in value. You can actually turn it into a, a revenue generator, which we think is quite compelling, especially in trying economic times that we're living in at the moment.
0: For sure. Um and if someone was to rent out their car on, on Turo, um what are the sort of like safeguard measures in place um to prevent them just you know from the car never turning up again? Or if there's an assurance, you know, bingle or something like that, like what like what does Turo um do to uh, give peace of mind, I guess? An assurance bingle, what's that what I don't even know, what what is a bingo? If, if someone gets into a crash while they're renting the the host's car, I guess. <laughs>
2: Oh, cool. Okay. I, I've never heard of that word. So that's, that's a new one. I like it. Um, yeah, there, there are, we, we have uh, a robust, um, set of, uh, firstly checks, uh, on both hosts. So people listing their cars and guests. So people who are booking cars, uh, to make sure that you are who you say you are, uh, and, um, to make sure that you're a responsible person coming onto the platform, uh, to, to use a host's asset. Uh, and so that's, a big part of why as a platform we um have been able to you know thrive over the years is because we've we've built up uh, quite sophisticated systems that can um, identify bad actors and, and weed them out um people obviously you know on the road are not you're not fully in control um there are a whole bunch of other people on the road with you we don't drive um unless you're you know in perth uh, at three o'clock in the morning where um, I once arrived home from a flight and uh, I was living in New York at the time. And I got completely shocked driving back from the airport in the middle of the night because I didn't see one other car on the road, but that's the difference between New York and Perth. But Sounds other like than the that, dream. there are always other cars. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I mean, we got home in like eight minutes. Um, other than that, you're not, you're always you're kind of at the mercy of other people on the road as well. And so in instances where there is damage to a car, uh, the protection product that we offer, uh, is um, really quite quite significant. And it means that hosts are covered in the event of any, any damage to their car. And so we have uh, three protection plans that hosts can select from. Um, 65, 75, or 90 are their names. And so on a 65 plan, a host retains 65% of the rental revenue. On a 90 plan, a host retains 90% of the rental revenue and uh, the host is making a decision about what kind of the risk appetite is. And so if you want uh, us to to fully cover you without having to pay an excess or a deductible, um, you would take the 65 plan where we as the platform take on more of the risk uh, and you as the host take less of the upside, but you still get pretty significant upside um, in the event of, of damage in, uh, in on the 65 plan. Uh, we would, pay everything, replace the car if the car gets totaled or completely repair the car if the car is damaged uh, and and the host doesn't have to pay a, an excess at all, um, compared to the 90 plan where there is an excess uh, of $1,250 and that excess is paid irrespective of the, the size of the damage. So if it's a, a chip on the windscreen, if you want to access the uh, the protection plan, then you have to pay the, the excess. Um, if it's a, If the car gets totaled, then you have to pay the excess. Um, these things do happen it's the law of large numbers and so when you've got literally thousands of vehicles out on the road at any one time um, things will go wrong our job as a platform is to look after our community and uh, hope that as a result of looking after people very well they'll talk about it positively and encourage family and friends to come onto the platform too and so far that's definitely what's been happening uh here in, in australia
1: just wanting to give us a bit of a rough idea of how much the average car sharer on Turo can actually make uh let's say uh, i don't know either per week or per month or per year uh, just by sharing their car on a platform like Turo averages
2: are a little bit um uh n- not necessarily always going to be super clear that said uh, the average earnings for a host globally on tour is 19, about a bit over nineteen thousand uh, Australian dollars per year. Uh, we've got, uh, yeah, it's, so it's it's pretty significant. Um, um, we just had a really interesting host that we um, spent a bit of time with a, a couple of weeks ago, Nikki up in up, up your way in Brisbane, uh, who started in December with just a Mazda on the platform. Uh, she then decided uh, not long after that that she, which was her second, it was her, the family second car. Uh, she decided not long after that to buy a Nissan X Trail because she she noticed that the demand that she was getting up in Brisbane were lots of families who were travelling. I guess to um, to kind of you know explore the the beauty of of uh, what you guys have to offer up in, in Queensland. And so she got the, the X-Trail and now she, I think her, her mom, uh had wrist surgery, so can't drive. So she's put her mum's car on the platform too. And she's made, um, we'll, we'll confirm the numbers for you after this, but I think it was 18,000 um, bucks of profit so far just in, in six months. And she didn't have all three cars on the platform that whole time. So mm-hmm. um, that's pretty, pretty significant. And she's got $5,000 of bookings, upcoming and we we expect that demand will only increase as we shift into the summer months so um, some really amazing stories of hustlers entrepreneurs people who are just savvy and know that you can uh, you've got these things it's just it's just sitting there being wasted a lot of the time so why not turn it into something that can um, offset the kind of crazy cost of living crisis that we're all living in at the moment.
0: For sure and just one of our uh, final questions and probably one of the most important if I was going to Go to Sydney, and I wanted to impress a date. What would I rent? You mentioned a lime green Audi R eight. Um, what would be your car of choice?
2: If I was going to impress a date, um, yeah. well, I, it would have to be something that my wife wouldn't notice. Um, <laughs> the first of all, No, date night with my wife is what you meant. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, date yeah. night. <laughs> um, we've got we've got a whole bunch of Teslas. Um, I, I think Teslas are, are beautiful to drive and, and super smooth. Uh, but there's, there are so many different examples. Um, just play around, and you'll see there's just a, a huge amount to choose from. Uh, we've got a Lamborghini, a couple of Lamborghinis up on the Gold Coast. So really quite impressive when it comes to the selection that we offer. And and we want we want it to be matched with any type of experience. And so we do have a lot of normal cars as well. If you just if you need a car for the weekend, actually we've got a car going into smash repair tomorrow. My wife and I, um, our Mazda CX-8. Uh, got got dinged, and so we need to take it take it in for repair. And so, I'm uh, this afternoon I have to book myself a tour. I don't know what I'm going to get yet, but that that's a very common use case. You just need a car for a couple of days. while it's in the shop, um, one of the others that we've seen a lot actually is, uh, thankfully, uh, I think one of your previous um, guests was talking about the prevalence of of VVs and how. Uh, you know, with fuel efficiency standards, we'll we'll say, see an increase in um, EV adoption, which is is really great as we um, start to chart our path for a more sustainable future. And we've seen a huge number of people come to Turo to try an EV for more than just half an hour. Um, you know, test drive at a, at a dealership just doesn't really cut it if you're thinking about making a change. And the change is significant enough. Uh, when you think about range anxiety or charging or finding, you know, access to charging infrastructure um, that we have a lot of people come to Turo to book extended uh, EV test drives. And so that's also a really common use case. Uh, so it, I think for you, as if you need to impress your date, you're up Brizzy, um, I'd probably go with the the Lambo. Uh,
0: Excellent.
1: There you go, as. Uh Tim, really appreciate your time here in the savings tip Jar podcast. Thanks for joining us.
2: Uh, It's been great,
1: guys. Cheers. Thanks very much. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, so that was uh, Tim Rosanis, the Managing Director of Turo Australia. Has some good uh, dating advice for you there. What car are you thinking about um, renting out for your your next hot date?
0: Well, I should say that I'm in a relationship, so it'd it'd be with her... um... Hot date baby. Um, probably, and he raises a good point, it is a good platform for, and like any car sharing service really, is a good platform to try before you buy. You know, if you're spending 70 or 80 grand on a new Tesla, it's probably a good idea to give it a, a week um, and drive it around for a week and see how you actually go uh-huh. with it in the real world and see how the, you know, the range is and yeah. you see how many bays you can put in the frunk um the, the front the front trunk <laughs>
1: that's what they call it now okay. <laughs> yeah
0: um or the fruit i think we call it in australia the front boot oh. um yeah so and also as well like what tim said if you've um had a bit of a car run in your car's broken down it's in the shop for a, a week or more it could be a good idea to just rent a car especially if you need one um rather than hoof it around on foot because uh you know some suburbs in australian cities don't aren't serviced well by public transport. So, um, yeah, it serves a practical purpose there. And then on, on the other side of the coin, if you're um, looking at, you know, renting out a car or it's sitting in the driveway a lot, I'm um, not sure if you can rent out your old one, Dom, but, um, yeah, it could be a good avenue there too. But, of course, you know, he, he mentioned, um, you know, the $19,000 income made and, yeah, that, like that would that be taxed. And, you know, you'd have to do your, do your sums there to make sure it's actually mm. worth it because, you know, not everyone's going to be earning that amount.
1: Oh man it, like even if it just earned me like a two three grand extra per year it's worth doing I'd say yeah. as long as it's not you know um, too inconvenient for me where I actually just can't get from A to B because my car is being used by some other average Joe uh, but uh, no I I like, I like that there's more platforms like these uh, these sharing platforms offering people other means of, of earning an income. Um, you know, we're hearing about other things where people renting out their, their storage space. Uh, so they've got like a, a garage where someone can, can leave their their stuff. Uh, you can make a bit of money on the side from that. Breaking
0: bad, 88 million in cash. Oh
1: yeah, no, if Walter yeah. White wants to leave his <laughs> stacks of cash, I'll be fine to have them in my shed. Um, or even, you know, your, your spare room on, on Airbnb. Why not, you know? Uh, and I think that brings us to an end of another episode of The Savings Show. Thanks so much for joining us again. And thank you, Haz.
0: Thanks, Dom. Good to be here once again, and um, do your little spiel inquiries oh, with yes. an e. Oh yes,
1: okay. I, I'm sure. I mean, none of you have ever done this, but uh, yeah, don't forget to like, review, and uh, what's the other one? Rate, subscribe. subscribe, Rate. something like I that. Don't know. And uh, yeah, give us give us a yell at uh, inquiries at savings.com.au with an e for an the e. inquiries. Yes. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye.
0: Bye.